0: Good to see you. We're excited to start 21 days of fasting and prayer, and it's going to be a great time. And for the past several years, we've been starting each year as a church with prayer and fasting. And why do we do this, you may ask? Because fasting and prayer is one of those things that is very, very helpful for our life. And it gets our heart and our mind and our spirit focused on the right things as we begin a new year. Is there anybody in the room that's focusing on something new this year? Right? Okay, one of you. All right. So this message will be for you. Um, And uh, it's funny how we know the things that we could be doing to help our relationship with God thrive. But sometimes we just struggle with them, don't we? And I think prayer and fasting is one of the things that's on the top of that list. And so we want to take some time to do that together and to talk about it together together and to be a church that is involved in that together. So let me ask a question. Why don't we pray? It's a good question. Why don't we sometimes pray? Well, let me tell you the reasons that Tyler Stanton, who is the author of the book that we're gonna be studying on Wednesday, uh, tells us that we don't pray in his book, Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. And I wanna share some insights because my hope is that you will buy the book, that you will read it, And you will attend the five-week study about prayer starting on Wednesday, January 17th at 5.30 p.m. Yes, this is a shameless plug. But you know what? Plugs about prayer are perfect. Go ahead and just tell your neighbor that because it's kind of fun, huh? Plugs about prayer are perfect, right? So shameless plug here. But uh, I'm reading the book, and by the way, uh, I'm loving it. I love this book. I've I've read lots of books about prayer and lots of books about things about our relationship with Jesus. And Tyler does a great job of explaining prayer and talking about prayer in a very practical and a very real and a very authentic way. And I am really enjoying this book and even learning some new ways to pray. But listen to some things that Tyler says. Here's what Tyler says about several reasons about why we don't pray. Number one, We don't pray for fear of being naive. And naive means that you have lack of experience. So maybe you just have lack of experience with prayer. And so you're like, I just don't know what to do. I'm not sure where to go. I'm I'm literally just not sure what to do because I have no experience with prayer. And, And that's okay. Maybe you have a lack of experience with prayer and it causes you not to pray. But I'm fairly certain that you don't have a lack of experience with talking or listening, and that's what Tyler does a great job. How do I talk to God? How do I listen to God? See, because I wanna encourage you in, in something if you're naive about prayer. There's no perfect formula for prayer. It doesn't exist, right? There are some ideas, there are some encouragements that we have about prayer, but there's no perfect formula for prayer. In fact, the only perfect way to pray is for you to do it, is for you to talk to God. That's the best way, it's the perfect way. And so we're gonna choose the next 21 days to create a spiritual habit of talking and listening to God that we hope will take us through the next year and will also take us through the rest of our relationship with God because prayer is basically like talking to God like you would talk to a friend. So sometimes we don't pray because we're naive about prayer. Another reason is we don't pray for fear of silence. Anybody afraid of silence? Right, yeah, a couple of us. Dallas Willard said this, silence is frightening because it strips us as nothing else does, throwing us upon the stark realities of our own life. Ouch. But that's true, isn't it? And that's the challenge with prayer because prayer is the risk of facing silence. And prayer is a challenge because have you noticed that we're addicted to noise? We are, we're addicted to noise in our culture now, especially social media noise. And prayer is the risk also of being alone with God. And you may ask that question, well, what's gonna happen if I'm alone with God? Well, of course he's gonna strike you dead, right? No, he's not. He's going to love it. He's going to be so excited that you're in his presence and that you want to be with him. That's what's going to happen. See, the risk of being alone with God in silence may sound terrifying, but the next 21 days is a great opportunity for you to jump in because I want to encourage you. The water's fine. Even if it's cold, it's still like a hot tub out in the cold. It's great. So number three, we don't pray for fear of selfish motives. Sometimes, we get paralyzed about prayer because of our selfish motives. So we pray selfishly over and over again. And before we know it, we kind of spiral ourselves mentally into second guessing because we know we shouldn't be selfish, but we continue to pray selfish prayers. And then before we know it, we kind of spiral ourselves mentally into this exhaustion And we don't wanna be selfish, but we don't know what to do. And we don't know how we should pray and we don't know what to pray. And so before we know it, we kind of give up because we're just being selfish and we know we shouldn't. So sometimes we don't pray for fear of selfish motives. And then lastly, we don't pray for fear of doing it wrong. We just feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably just doing it wrong. And so we think to ourselves, I'm not eloquent, I'm not confident, I'm not comfortable. We hear somebody else pray that's been praying for a while and that doesn't help at all. In fact, it furthers our insecurity. And so you're like, Pastor Mark, could you not pray so well on Sunday mornings? Because it's just making me insecure. Well, I've done this for a while, so I'm comfortable with it. And you'll get there too. Because if you're talking to God, you can't do it wrong. Because the way that God wants you to talk to him is the way that you talk to anybody. The way you would talk to a friend or a coworker or a neighbor. So if you're talking to God, you're doing it right. You're already doing it right because you're talking and listening to him. So those are some reasons that we don't pray. What are some reasons why we should pray? Why pray? Well, Tyler says this, four new reasons about why, why we should pray. Number one, pray because you're overwhelmed. Anybody overwhelmed in the room? right? (laughs) That seems to be actually the new cultural norm. I don't know if you've looked at any statistics lately, but all the statistics right now say that as a culture, we're overwhelmed. We've got no free time and we're just busy, busy, busy doing our thing. So whatever is your thing, that's what we're doing. And we're overwhelmed with it. It's consuming us. And here's what we need to understand about being overwhelmed. Constantly being overwhelmed should drive us to prayer, not away from it, okay? Because we're overwhelmed, we should go to prayer because we recognize and understand that the place where we get the best peace that we need is in our prayer time. Martin Luther used to say, uh, on my extra busy days, I wake up an extra hour early. So that I can spend time with God and get the peace that I need for that day. Now that's time. Wayne Cadero says, if you're struggling with being overwhelmed and you're wondering what to do with your prayer time, then uh, sleep in on the other end. What do you mean by that? He means go to bed earlier, (laughs) right? Because how many of you struggle getting up early? Like I do. Uh, That's me. I'm not a morning person. So in fact, 830 service is really hard for me, just so you know. I would be, I would definitely be the 1030 guy. Number two, why should we pray? Pray because our trust muscle needs to grow, right? Our trust in God needs to grow. And we, when we pray, we trust in the confidence and the character of God. And so our prayer time becomes really important because we're connecting our thoughts and our ideas and our theology about the character of God to our own heart. Because trust allows us to say, I don't understand what God is doing right now but I trust that God is good. And our prayer time helps that get solidified in our soul. And so we should pray because our trust muscle needs to grow. Third, we should tray, we should tray, we we should tray too. We should should just put all those things on a tray for God. (laughs) We should pray because complaints are welcome. Isn't that good news? Complaints are welcome. In Psalm 142 verse two, it says, I pour out before him my complaint, before him I tell my trouble. Now here's what's interesting. You will find lots of prayers like this in the Bible. And lots of even our heroes in the Bible have these kinds of prayers. And they sound something like, help God. And you probably have a prayer like that too. Now, why does God like our our prayers that have complaints in them? Because they're honest. Because they're real. Because they're human. And because what we're actually saying is, Lord, here's my complaint. Here's my challenge. And I need your help with it. And God loves that. God loves to enter into our struggle and enter into our complaint and enter into those moments of our life that are deep and authentic and real. And a lot of times we get We get really real and we get really authentic and we get really intimate with God when we're in in the middle of a struggle and in the middle of a time where we're complaining a lot, right? And we know the Bible says do everything without complaining and arguing, but we do it anyway, right? So let's let's be honest. Let's pray about those things. Number four, pray because the only way to get it wrong is by trying to get it right. Isn't that interesting? The only way to get prayer wrong is by trying to get it right. What does that mean? It means that God's not looking for a formula. He's just looking for you. He's just looking for you to be in his presence. That's what he wants. So talk to God like you would talk to a friend. Vent, ask, listen, laugh, unload, cry. Do all the things you would do with your best friend. Just do that with God. Just talk and listen. Mother Teresa said this, if you really mean to pray and want to pray, we must be ready to do it now. So why not now? We're setting aside. We're setting aside 21 days to prayer and fast. We're all doing it together. And so it's a great time to work on that because prayer is more about practice than theory, right? You get good at prayer by practicing instead of just studying about it. This is why we're taking the beginning of this year just like we have of each year to emphasize prayer and fasting because prayer is communicating with God and communication is the foundation of every relationship and our relationship with God is super important and so we want our relationship with him to be solid and so let's take the time to pray. Now the theme of our 21 days of prayer and fasting that we Uh, have chosen or that our denomination has chosen for us and that we are all doing together across the nation and around the world, our theme is this, praying the word, okay? Praying the word. Now, why is the practice of praying the word important? The practice of praying the word is important because of Reese's peanut butter cups. Amen. Amen, right? Reese's Peanut Butter Cup did something that nobody else had ever done before them, right? And that is that they combined two really, really delicious things. They combined chocolate and peanut butter. And that's why we love them, right? Those of us that don't have peanut allergies. We love Chocolate and peanut butter. They go together. It's so awesome. And so what Reese's Peanut Butter Cup did is they put two things together, chocolate and peanut butter. It's not rocket science, but for some reason we had a hard time getting them together, right? Praying God's word is like putting two great things together. Chocolate. Oh yeah, oh god. It's really good. It's like putting chocolate and peanut butter together. We're gonna put prayer and God's perfect word together. So yeah, it's, it's really good, sorry. Uh, sorry. I'm talking with my mouth full, I can't about. And so this was like fasting and prayer, putting two really, really good things together. But wait a second, we have a third thing, fasting. So that'd be like vanilla ice cream, yeah, oh yeah. So now we're, now we're adding vanilla ice cream to our chocolate and peanut butter. And, I gotta tell you, this is—I think this is gonna be good. I don't know. Has there, anybody ever tried this? Yeah. Is it good? Let's see if it's good. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. So, I'm just telling you, this is—I should have gotten some for you guys, but i am just selfish like this. This is—I'm going to keep going. Is anybody—I'm talking with my mouthful. You probably are? I don't want to share it all. I'm not going to share it all. So here's what's really, really cool, right? We've taken three things. We've taken prayer and fasting and God's Word, and we're putting them all together. Oh, yeah. That, that's going to work. That's definitely going to work. Prayer and fasting and ice cream all work together. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Kyle's going to take that away from me because she knows that I will eat all of it. And you'll be really frustrated that I'm talking with my mouth full the entire time. Look at a few verses with me. The first one is in Ezra chapter eight. In Ezra chapter eight, um, the people of Israel are gonna start a fast. And there's two important things that I want you to see in this really, really simple thing that Ezra is doing. And the story of Ezra, let me just give you a quick little history thing. Ezra was in captivity in Babylon because the Israelites had been taken to Babylon. The Babylonians had come and taken the Israelites captive and conquered their nation and taken everything away, destroyed the temple, taken all the gold, everything, all of the wealth of the kingdom, taken all the good people and taken them to Babylon. This was God's way of giving the Israelites an adult spanking because they had chosen to serve other gods and do the wrong thing. And so this was God's way of saying, hey, I need you to get back in relationship with me. And they've been there for 70 years. And Jeremiah, the prophet said, you're gonna be there for 70 years and then you're gonna get to come home. And so um, you know, we love the stories that we see there, the stories in Daniel and about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, well, here's, here's Ezra. He's another guy that's there. And Ezra gets to lead the first group of people back to Israel from Babylon. But as he's preparing and getting ready to go, Um, he's kind of concerned about something. And so he wants to fast about it. Just like you're probably concerned about something in your life and you'll get to fast about it for the next 21 days. But listen to verse 21 in chapter 8. It says this. There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast. I being Ezra. I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him, for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions now there's two really simple but i think particularly helpful things that are right in this verse ezra says we're going to pray for two reasons number one because we need to humble ourselves before god now why is that important well it was super important for them because they hadn't been humbling themselves before god and that's what got them in this circumstance in the first place so ezra's making it clear that, hey, we need to focus on our relationship with God. We need to humble ourselves before him, and we need to say, you know what? He's God, I'm not, and I'm gonna serve him. I'm gonna love him. And humbling ourselves means we acknowledge that God's way bigger than we are, and that we need him. We need relationship with him. What we're saying is I want God in my life. I want him in my life because I recognize that I need his presence, I need his strength, I need his healing. I need his salvation. I need his provision. I need his direction. I need his peace. I need his joy. I I need the love that God has for me, and I need that love for others. I need what God has, and I don't have it on my own. I need what God has, and so I'm going to humble myself before the Lord because he can give me what I need. The second thing that I think uh, Ezra did that I think is really great about fasting is he asked God for something specific. So the next thing we do with fasting after we're humbling ourselves before God is just ask God for something specific. So hopefully all day today, you'll begin to think about, what do I wanna ask God for in the next 21 days? So notice with me that Ezra asks for something specific that was going on in his life right in this moment that needed God's attention. And the thing that he prayed about was, they're heading from Babylon, to Jerusalem, probably a two week little jaunt, walking all the way. But along the way, there could be a lot of danger. There's bandits, there's people that wanna rob people in that time, and so if they see a group of people just traveling on their own, it would be very likely that you would just put together some people and steal all their stuff. And so the thing that he wanted to ask God for was safety, protection a safe journey back to Jerusalem. And so whatever you need in your life right now, I want to encourage you to ask for it for the next 21 days. Now look at a couple verses in chapter eight that kind of conclude the story. The first one is verse 23. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayer. He answered it. God answered our prayer. And I believe that God will answer Our prayers today, too, as we fast and pray and pray God's word and focus on him, he will answer our prayer. Now, I'm not not saying that he'll answer your prayer in the way you want it to be answered. (laughs) He'll answer it in the way he wants it to be answered. On verse 31 and 32, it says, On the twelfth day of the first month, we set out from Ahava Canal to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was on us, and he protected us from enemies and bandits along the way. So we arrived in Jerusalem where we rested three days. God answered his prayer. So as we plan to fast over the next 21 days, I want to encourage you to do these two things. Humble yourself before the Lord. Just learn to rely on him and to submit to him and to trust him. And then ask for something specific when you pray. Like tell God the desires of your heart. He loves to hear the desires of our our heart and he loves to answer those prayers. So let's give our lives to him. The last part of my message, I want to talk about praying the word. So why is praying God's word helpful to our lives today? I want to give you a couple reasons why praying God's word is helpful for our lives today. And the first one is this, because God's word is the truth. You know, one of the things that's so important for us as followers of Jesus Christ is that our life is full of the truth of God. And there's so many things in our world and in our life today that kind of distract us and pull us away from the truth of God's word and the truth of living for Jesus Christ. And so praying God's word focuses our heart and our mind and our soul on God's word and on God's truth. And that's exactly what we need. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I pray, I pray God's word. So I pray God's word and I pray the truth. And then sometimes when I pray, I just kind of pray, I just kind of download to the Lord whatever's going on in my life, right? But when I'm downloading my own thoughts and my own ideas and my own philosophy of life, my own viewpoint of what's going on in the world, there are going to be times, I know this will shock you, but there will be times that I'll get it wrong. I'm sorry, I know you have this image of me that is just like really great, but sometimes I'm going to get it wrong. Why? Because I'm not the holder of ultimate truth. But God is. And so when we pray God's word, right, we actually literally put God's, the verses in God's word in the Bible, in, insert them into our prayer, we're praying God's perfect truth. And in that way, I get out of the way. Right? My brain, my thoughts, my ideas, they're out of the way now. And I'm praying God's perfect truth truth the psalmist said it like this david said it in psalm 119 in lots of ways in fact the entire psalm psalm 119 by the way it's the longest psalm in the bible and it's all about god's word every single verse is about god's word and the middle verse in the bible is in psalm 119 centering us on god's word so it's an interesting, it's a, just some interesting, cool stuff about God's word and about the Bible. But Psalm 119, verse 142 says, Your righteousness is everlasting, and your law is true. Psalm one nineteen, one sixty 160 says, All your words are true, all your righteous laws are eternal. See, we want to pray the truth into our lives, even if the truth is hard to hear and live. But one of the ways to get God's truth into our lives is to pray the truth, to pray the word. And so you may be saying, Pastor Mark, that sounds good to me, I I like that idea, it sounds like a good thing to do, but how do I really do that? Well, let me give you an example of how I would do that. Um, And I'm gonna use a a verse that I like and a verse that we studied in depth a couple years ago and a verse that's kind of popular in scripture. But let me give you an example of praying God's word and I'll use Proverbs three, five and six. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, great verse, that just says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight, right? Really simple promises of God. And, um, but if I was gonna take this verse and turn it into a prayer and pray through this verse, I would pray something like this. Holy Spirit, thank you for the truth that I see in your word. Would you help me to trust you more? I want to trust you more. And I want to trust you more than my own thinking and understanding and more than even what the world is telling me. I want to trust you with all my heart, not just some of it, all of it. So help me do that. Jesus, I want to submit everything to you. It's really hard today because there's so many things competing for my allegiance, and I need your strength to say no to the world, to my sin, And submit to your perfect word. So please help me with this because I want to honor you with my life and I want my life to be easier because I'm following you. I want to trust you with everything that happens in my life. And so I submit my life to you today. And Lord, I'm going to ask you, would you please make those paths in my life that sometimes I just make difficult? Would you make them easier? Would you make them straighter through the power of your great name? That's how I would pray Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. See, that prayer took the truth of God's word and infused it into my heart, into my mind, and into my spirit. So when we're praying God's word, it's, it's a spiritual thing. But it's also a great spiritual habit of helping the truth of God's word permeate our life. So that's just a very simple example. So we're gonna pray God's word because God's word is the truth and we need God's truth in our lives. Second, I wanna pray God's word because prayers that start in heaven are heard in heaven. Prayers that start in heaven are heard in heaven. Let me explain. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says this, all scripture is God's. Breathe,d all Scripture is God breathed, and is help useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So all Scripture is God breathed. Now, let's put this in a biblical context for us, really, for a minute. What what Paul is saying in Timothy is that God created the word. That the Bible that you and I now have is the creation of God. Just like Genesis 1 says that when God created everything, he spoke it into existence. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be animals, right? So God's voice is creative and it starts new things. And here's what Paul says. All scripture is God-breathed. So this truth is created by God for us. It's our roadmap for today. And so what what it's saying is God's word originated by God, his voice in heaven. So since that is true, that means that God's word started in heaven because it was breathed out of his mouth and his heart. So God's word actually started in heaven, not in my head, not in my heart, not in our hearts, not, it didn't originate in the church. It didn't originate from humanity to heaven. It originated with God to us. So when we pray God's word, where did it start? In heaven. So it's starting there. So if we could get any closer to heaven, the closest way we could get to heaven is what? Pray God's word, because it started there. So the things that start in heaven, it sounds like a really great idea, to pray those things. Because when we're praying God's word, we're praying God's best for us. When we pray God's word, we are praying the very words of God himself. We are praying God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for our life. When we pray God's word, we are praying the very things that are useful, this, this verse says, 2 Timothy 3. It says, we are praying the things that are useful to help us, be taught good things, to occasionally have rebuke and correction in our life, but also to be trained in righteousness and in the goodness of God, in the right way to live for God. So when we pray all those things, when we pray God's word, all those pleasing and good and perfect things that are the will of God for our life, all of those things are happening when we pray God's word. So when we pray God's word, we're praying the very things that are useful for our lives today. And I think God loves to hear those prayers. Third, God's word is an encouragement to the soul. God's word is an encouragement to the soul. Psalm 119.28 says, "'My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word.'" Right? Have you ever prayed and uh, you couldn't even pray, all you could do was cry? I have, like I couldn't even pray. I I was just so upset, I was angry, I was distraught, I was full of sorrow, Uh, my heart was breaking for something. And so sometimes all I've got is just to sit there in his presence and be sorrowful. And to work through something with God. And so, in an effort to be real with God, there are times that you will go to pray and you will be really weary with sorrow. And like almost nothing comes out. But being in God's presence is exactly where you know you need to be. And so, there is something going on in our lives on occasion that is so difficult and is so sorrowful and so challenging. That when we get in God's presence, all we can do is just hang out there. And one of the things that I've noticed, because it's in those moments uh, for me, and maybe you've, you've seen this too, that when I go to those moments in prayer and I'm just in deep sorrow, I need something to help me in that sorrow. And it's at that point when I pick up the word and I open it, to whatever I'm studying and whatever I'm doing. And maybe, you, maybe you'll be doing the you know, Sermon on the Mount and you'll be going through that the whole year. Or maybe you'll take the resources from Foursquare that are about the 21 days of prayer and you'll open the word and you'll notice that you'll get to a verse and it just begins to encourage your soul. You'll read a story and that story will encourage your soul. You'll read a story about one of the characters in God's Word and you'll realize, oh, they struggled too. I thought Moses was perfect. (laughs) All this time, he struggled with God too. I thought David was perfect. I mean, they say he's the greatest king, but he had his own struggles. He had his own turmoil. He even had his own sin. And it was challenging. And so when we go to God's Word in our prayer time, what we discover is encouragement and comfort. In Psalm 119.50, it says, My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. See, when we go to the promises of God's word and we discover that they are true and they are real and they are preserving our life, that becomes comfort in the middle of our suffering. So we, we pray God's word because God's word is an encouragement to the soul. And then lastly, We pray God's word because God's word gives clear direction. God's word gives us clear direction. Let me give you an example of this. And I'm gonna use the example of Jesus when he was fasting in prayer. And so uh, turn to Luke chapter four with me. In Luke chapter four, this is that moment where Jesus is, um, he's been in the desert for 40 days. And 40 nights he's been fasting and praying and he um, is getting ready to be tested by the Holy Spirit or by, by, by Satan. And the Bible says something very interesting about this moment because after his fasting, he's, he's connected to the Father. He's ready to take on any temptation. And he uses the word of God to defeat the attacks of the enemy in his life because God's word gave him clear direction for each moment and each temptation. So look at it with me. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Now, look at what Jesus said. The first phrase is the key phrase here. It is written. So Jesus is saying, in God's word, there is a verse that I'm going to go to right now. Because I need clear direction about this temptation. Okay? And God's word says, man shall not live by bread alone. So Jesus gets clear direction about his life and the temptation that's happening in his life in this moment. Verse five, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. Again, Jesus uses God's word and says, hey, no, God's word says something really, really important in my life. And it's giving me clear direction right now about what the devil is saying to me. Verse nine, the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Now, let's look at the third one carefully just for a minute, because there's some uh, things that are here that I want you to notice as well. Did you notice that Satan himself used a verse to try to trick Jesus? Satan takes a verse out of context and says, it is written and quotes it in an effort to try to get Jesus to do something wrong. Now, let me point this out because Satan is still doing the same thing today to you. He will quote a verse to you. You'll even hear it. And it might not be the Lord. It might be the enemy of your soul trying to get you to do something that you want to do, but it's not God's will for you. And so it's really important for us, this is another thing that praying through God's word and understanding God's word and studying God's word, as Jesus is doing this, it helps him know when he's hearing a lie and when he's not. So as we're praying the word, it also helps us in our spiritual battle with the enemy of our soul because as we're praying the word and praying the truth of God into our life, we begin to understand when we hear the enemy telling a lie and we should know that anyway because when do we know the enemy's telling a lie? That's right, when he's talking. That's right. When the enemy's talking, he's lying. It's his native tongue, Jesus said. Now notice, in each instance, Jesus had clear direction from God's word about what he should do in the moment. Clear direction. It wasn't even gray. Perfectly clear. Now, I believe that as you and I pray God's word, we will also get clear direction for the things in our life. If there's something going on in your life right now and you need some clear direction about it, I'm going to challenge you to do something. I'm gonna challenge you to look up as many verses as you can in scripture about your specific situation. And as you look up those verses about your specific situation, and you begin to pray through them for the next 21 days, I am 100% certain that God will give you direction about which way to go, from his word and from your time with the Lord. He will help you. This is what God does. And this is why we are encouraged and why, why we are going into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to pray the word together as a church. I'm excited to join other fellow believers around the United States and around the world to humble ourselves before God and to spend time talking to him about our lives. So that's what we're gonna do for the next 21 days. Now, in conclusion, if you need some resources to help you, I wanna give you some, okay? The first is, is this. If you go to prayer foursquareprayer.org, foursquareprayer.org, it will give you all of the resources and the materials that you can download for the next 21 days. And you can follow uh, a devotional every single day that helps you pray the word every single day. So foursquareprayer.org will help you um, with the material that you need to pray through the word every single day. They have several different verses that day and just a little devotional and some extra helps and tips for that day. So you can use that resource and you can pray the word. You can pick some verses like I mentioned earlier that have to do with the context of the situation you're in and you can pray those. You could pick 21 of your favorite verses that you love in God's word and just pray one a day. Or you could, if you're going through the um, Sermon on the Mount with the year-long Sermon on the Mount thing, there's verses that that correspond to that on the Sermon on the Mount. You could just pick three or four verses a week or five a week, or each day you could pick a new verse according to the Sermon on the Mount. And you could pray one of those as well. Lots of different ideas, just be creative. Uh, You know, nothing's in the box here. Just grab God's word and begin to pray God's word. Those are some resources that I think can help you as you pray the word together and as we fast and pray for 21 days. All right, would you stand with me? So I believe that the next 21 days can bring meaningful change for every single one of us in this room. And I'm really encouraged that we are doing this. And I really wanna encourage you to just get on board. Start tomorrow, 21 days. And if it's new to you, if prayer's new to you, if fasting is new to you, I just wanna encourage you, just jump in. It was new to every single one of us at some point too. And if you feel like you need some help, Come and talk to one of the staff members or find somebody else that's done this before and uh, maybe go to have coffee with them once a week and just check in, see how it's going. But um, for every single one of us, I truly, truly feel that God will do something meaningful and there will be a meaningful change in your life as you focus in a really, really positive way with the Lord for the next 21 days. And so that's what we're doing as a church and I want to encourage you to jump in. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, we thank you so much for what you've done for us. Thank you that you modeled prayer for us. It's true that whenever the disciples thought you were lost, you weren't lost, you were praying. And they'd find you on a hillside somewhere talking to your heavenly father and just having a moment with God. And I pray that you would help us to do that too that for the next 21 days, we would start a spiritual habit that would take us through the next year and every year to come. A habit of being in your presence. A habit of praying the word. A habit of reading the word. A habit of studying the word. A habit of standing on the promises of God. A habit of discovering that What our heart needs more than anything else on this planet is to be alone with God. To be silent. To be quiet. To sing. To talk. To listen. To just be with you. And Lord, whatever works best for each of us, I pray that each of us would discover that over the next 21 days. And Lord, I pray that you would also reveal to each and every one of us how you'd like us to fast. What would you like us to sacrifice for you, Lord? As we humble ourselves before you, what could we give up for you since you gave up your entire life for us? Lord, I pray that you would help us. What are those things in our life that really seem to draw our attention away from you? Is that social media? Is that TV? Is that... um, just hanging out too much with our hobbies? What, what might that be, Lord? Would you help us to know what to sacrifice over the next 21 days that would please your heart? Lord, would you see us the next 21 days as we start tomorrow? Would your presence be with us? Would your strength be with us? And we ask that you would meet us in those times of prayer. That as we humble ourselves, And pray the things that are deep in our heart, that are the desires of our heart. We pray that you would answer those prayers according to your will, according to your timing, and according to what's best for our relationship with you. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. Amen. Well, here we go. 21 days of prayer and fasting. It was great to see you in church this morning. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. And uh, don't go if you need to pray with someone. Our prayer partners are going to be up here. If you'd like someone to pray with this morning, come on up. We'd love to pray with you.